You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, jumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus, who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35 yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10 yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk this week. The Seahawks taking on the Rams with their playoff hopes at stake. Michael Bumpus and myself will take you all the way through the Rams, the matchups, what's on tap, what to look for, and everything with that matchup. But before we get going here, we'd be remiss if we didn't send some love to the Buffalo Bills and safety DeMar Hamlin, who remains hospitalized in critical condition after a cardiac event against the Bengals last Monday night. It was a scary scene. He needed CPR to get revived. It was uh, unprecedented, at least in my view. I've never seen someone have to get revived on the football field. I've seen some injuries. I've seen people get carted off. I've seen people get airlifted off. But something like that was uh, it was a scary scene bump, and it was hard to watch. Yeah, we've, we've never seen anything like that. And because we've never seen anything like that, then it is appropriate to get all these different type of reactions, right? Everyone has their opinions on how the situation could have been handled. But at the end of the day, the thing that's most important is that, you know, we pray for DeMar and hope that he pulls through and is, is a, as healthy as possible and um, that his family's okay because, you know, they're the ones who are really going through this deal. Yeah, man, really hard to watch and, you know, we're fortunate or, you know, every NFL team is fortunate. The medical staffs that are in place here at the Seahawks, just like every other team in the NFL, everyone practices this kind of stuff. The medical team, the doctors, right. the physicians, they go through in the preseason and they go through it at the stadium. What would happen on a game day if something like this were to occur? So there, there's no more prepared people and no place where obviously you don't want an event like this to ever happen. But if it did, that's the place you'd want to be with all the medical professionals out there. So, Somber note, but I just want to show, show you know some love to Demar because that's what's important right now. Football is not important for them. You know, you heard Pete Carroll talk about it today. A lot of other coaches throughout the league talking about it. So we want to send our prayers and our thoughts to uh, Buffalo safety Demar Hamlin as they navigate this time, and hopefully, you know, he'll continue to get good news and be back, you know, with his family, healthy, and with everyone else very soon. So with that, we're going to switch back over to the Seahawks taking on the Rams. What's on tap? What's on tap? These Rams bump 5-11 and 11 last place in the NFC West. They've lost a ton of games. They're 5-11, and 11, like I said. That's the most losses by a defending champ in NFL history. So definitely a rough year for the Rams. But, you know, I will say this. They've been playing better in recent weeks. Thrilling overtime win against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. And then they beat down Russell Wilson and the Broncos 51-14. to they're two and two in their last four games after losing six in a row and eight of their last nine before that. So it's been a rough year for the Rams bump, but it's the Rams and you can't take them lightly. I mean, the last time the Seahawks did go down there and beat the Rams in week 13, it took a Geno Smith last second drive to get it done. So definitely can't take the Rams lightly here. Uh, the Rams always want to play spoiler and you got some emotion behind this one. Bobby Wagner is going to make his first return here to Lumen field. And, um, 
he doesn't hate the Hawks, but I, he definitely wants to beat them. He wants to beat everybody. Yeah. There's a little extra something on here. And the last time we saw Bobby Wagner, he had the game of his life. He's had some career numbers. He's leading, or sorry, he has the most sacks he's ever had in his career this year, what I think around six or seven. He's playing some good football. He got his money over there in L.A. I'm sure he wants to come back to Seattle and show the Seahawks why they should have kept him around. So with all the drama surrounding this, it's the L.A. Rams. Rams play the Hawks good and they get our guy over there it should be a good one yeah you know again you look at this on paper and you think the Seahawks should be favored in a game I think they should win but you can't take these guys lightly the last times the Rams were on the football field was this past Sunday losing to the Chargers 31 to 10 the Rams did their best to compete early on they had a seven play 75 yard drive with a 23 yard touchdown by Michael Malcolm Brown, that made the score 14-10 with 4-9 in the second quarter. But from that point on, it was all Chargers. 17 unanswered points en route to victory. Austin Eckler had 122 yards rushing, scored two touchdowns, and became the fifth running back with 100 receptions in a season. He's balling out. NFL leading 18 touchdowns, 13 rushing, five receiving. Also had a career-best 72-yard run. Mike Williams has a solid day. And then for the Rams, Baker Mayfield couldn't get much going offensively. He was 11 for 19, 132 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Lone bright spot was Cam Akers, rushed for 123 yards on 19 carries in his second straight 100-yard game. So, Bump, when you look at the head-to-head, obviously this you know tilts toward the Seahawks, but what, what stands out to you? Yeah, we're going to face one of the worst offenses in the league, and um, Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy over there. We know the struggles that these Rams have had this year with injuries uh, to guys like Cooper Cub. You got Eggers back there running the ball. They're 29th, putting points to the board. They're 27th. Nothing special. Excuse me, passer 27, putting points to the board. They're 26th. Nothing special about this offense. And then you flip over to the defense. You look at the numbers. They're about middle of the pack when it comes to everything. 17th ranked overall. But they got some guys over there. I mean, there's some names that we know on this defense. And we know that they find themselves playing some really good football against the Seattle Seahawks. So you look at this team on paper, your 17th overall defense, 31st overall offense, but you throw that stuff away. It's the end of the season. They don't have anything to play for, but to kind of spoil what the Seahawks have going on. And I'm sure they would not mind doing that at all. Offensively, Hawks are 15th. Defensively, they are 27th. If there's something that the Hawks do well on offense, it is putting points on the board everywhere else, the middle of the board. Defensively, the best thing that they do is their pass defense. We saw a bit of that last week with Tariq Willen having a pass breakup and Mike Jackson getting his first NFL interception. Yeah, I like what the defense is doing, and the stats don't really bear what they've done the last couple weeks, holding the number one offense in Kansas City down to their worst output of the season shutting down a Jets team, and yeah, their offense struggle, but that's what you're supposed to do, and the Seahawks accomplished that last week, holding them out of the end zone. So hopefully the Seahawks, you know, on paper, head-to-head, it looks good for them, but as we know, the Rams cause a lot of problems, and it's the NFL. Everyone gets paid any given Sunday. But, of course, these teams have tons and tons of history. Let's know it. Know your history. Seahawks lead the all-time series 26-22 to in the regular season. The Rams are 2-0 in the postseason. Last meeting, the Seahawks went down to L.A., snapped a three-game losing streak, beating the Rams 27-23. to This is the game bump where Geno finally got to check that box. Fourth quarter, game-winning yeah. drive, trailing 23-20 to with 2.56 remaining in the game. Smith led the Seahawks on a 10-play, 75-yard drive that ended with a DK Metcalf touchdown over none other than Jalen Ramsey. Just want to throw that in there. Uh, Geno probably played the best game of the year. 
going 28 of 39, 367, three touchdowns, one interception. DK and Tyler both went over 100 yards and a touchdown. Tariq, seven tackles, three passes defended, one interception. So definitely hoping for a repeat performance here in Seattle. Bump and uh, man, I, I think when you look at this matchup and you look at these guys, every time it's going to be a nail biter. I'm hoping this is the week though that it's not bump because on paper I don't want to say, but I feel like the Seahawks should win by ten plus. Am I crazy? What do you think? Nah, you ain't crazy. Uh, numbers give you perspective, but then the game tells you the truth. We can go into this game looking at these numbers and say, well, this is who they've been all year. But I tend to look at the last few games, and if you look at the last few games. The Rams have been playing better, but so have the Seahawks. So, no, I think you're crazy with that uh, that 10-point win. I'm feeling that. That that will be a lot more stress-free than a last-minute drive like last time they hooked. Yeah, no question, because, you know, to quote the great Marquise Goodwin, you know, numbers are like bikinis. They show you a lot, <laughs> but not everything. All right, let's, everything. Flip, <laughs> let's flip it back over and figure out what's going on in the NFC US. What's the word? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? 49ers are the NFC West champions. They've had that spot locked up for a few weeks now. Hawk behind them at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Rams are 5-11 and 11 and the Cardinals are 4-12. and 12. Now, the Niners played the Raiders last week. And uh, it was a good game, man. The Niners have won nine in a row. And I went to this game thinking it's still a toss up just because of the matchup. You know, the Raiders have nothing to lose. The Niners are playing for seeding. When you have these type of matchups, anything can happen. And that's kind of what we saw, man. Uh, Jared Stenham replaced Derek Carr for the starter for the last. He's a starter for the last two games. And he had a decent day, 23 of 34, 365 and three touchdowns. But he did throw two interceptions, one in overtime to Sean Gibson. He returned to 56 yards and that set up the game winning field goal. But the Raiders were up by 10 in the third quarter. And they're the first team in NFL history to lose five games in a season, which they led by 10 points or more in the second half of each. That has to be tough, man. On top of Sunday's loss to the 49ers, the Raiders blew a double-digit second-half lead to the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Jags, and the Rams. Needed to say, these guys can't hold on to nothing, man. Uh, the, Ram, the, the 49ers have the number one defense in the league. So you know they're going to be a tough matchup every single week, but somehow the Raiders put up 34 points, and that was the most points allowed by this defense since they played the Kansas City Chiefs. At Devontae Adams, you had Stidham's. Those guys played good. Devontae had seven receptions for 153 and two touchdowns. He's playing on a bad team, but he's having an awesome year. I mean, this guy, you put him anywhere, he's going to ball out. And Brock Purdy, I see him as a starter now. I keep saying he's the backup to the backup, but he's played so many games now. It's like, all right, he's the guy. And he continued to, to play some good football. He was 22 of 35, 24, two touchdowns, one interception. And then McCaffrey did what he does, 193 total, 121 rushing, 72 receiving, and one touchdown. And then Brandon Iguke has had one of the biggest turnarounds in the league to me when it comes to performance. He's been taking over, especially since Debo's been out. He's had, he had receptions for one-on-one and one touchdown. What scares me about this game is that this is the type of game the Niners needed before the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? You got to get tested right. right before you jump in that thing. That's what the Raiders did. But uh, overall, entertaining game. Not what Shanahan would want, that's for sure, but it, it helps his team in the long run. Yeah, that was definitely a game where it's. I'm like, how in the world did they put up 34 against that defense? You, you scratch your head, but it's the NFL. Everyone gets paid, obviously. 
The other matchup we're not going to spend a lot of time on, Cardinals-Falcons. Cardinals lost again. They lost the Falcons 20-19, six loss in a row, eight of their last nine. A guy named David Blow started the game for Arizona. Bump, I never heard of him. I had to look him up. Uh, he's been in the league a couple of years. Uh, so that's where their season's at. Their season's over. They're sitting guys that last week. It's, it's, it's rough over there in AZ and not mad at it. Um, but the NFC playoffs, it's, it's simple right now. That's, that's, that's what we're really focused on right now for the Hawks. Beat the Rams, Lions beat the Packers at Lambeau. It, it's a real bummer and honestly a travesty that the Rams, the Seahawks, Lions, Packers are not playing at the same time. I don't want to get too far into that because I don't want to get in trouble bump. But um, I don't see how those games aren't played at the exact same time. It gives definitely a competitive advantage to the Packers. But they're playing on Sunday night. Seahawks are playing at 125. And, um, you know, if the Seahawks win, the Lions will be eliminated from the playoffs and have nothing to play for when that game kicks off. But I was very encouraged. Heard Dan Campbell talking today. They're, they coach their guys to play in these big games. And win, loser, they don't care about the playoffs. They're going to go in there and win. They want to be 9-8. and eight. They want to upset Aaron Rodgers. So I'm, I'm here for a bump. It's uh, a lot kind of going on because the crazy thing is, Bump, is all these seeds are still up for grabs. So if the Seahawks are lucky enough to get in the playoffs, most likely they're going to go to San Francisco, could go to Minnesota, could go to Philly. But, uh, yeah, a lot of different stuff still up for grabs in the NFC. Yeah, it's still up there. And um, and I love it. This part of the year when seeds still up for grabs, that means you're going to get some good performances. Guys aren't going to sit unless coaches are just happy with where they're at. But uh, no, I love this time of year, man. It's a, it's playoff football time of year. And luckily for the Hawks, we get a little playoff warm up here with the, with the challenge this week and hope to get some help from the loss. No question about it. I'm praying the football gods, please Detroit come out there. Seahawks win. I, I want to be, at home, waiting, thinking about, okay, where are we going? Are we trying to book some flights to San Fran? Are we going to Minnesota? Where are we going? So we're definitely involved in that and praying for those guys. But let's get back into these Rams with these matchups. Man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. Starting the quarterback like we normally do, Baker Mayfield taking on this Seahawks defense. And Baker's had quite a year bump. Started at Carolina where he was in a battle with Sam Darnold for the job. He got the job. He's going up in that week one against his former team in Cleveland. They lose on a last-second field goal, and boy, it was all downhill from there. In his five starts with the Panthers, he never threw for more than 235 yards, never threw more than one touchdown, never completed more than 62% of his passes in any of those games, ended his time with Carolina 1,300 yards plus, passing six touchdowns, six picks, sacked 19 times. He got hurt, was on the bench. They decided to move on. Then he got picked up by the Rams in week 14, had two days of practice, gets thrown in on Thursday night football, leads them on a game-winning drive to beat the Raiders. And, you know, he's played decent football under Sean McVay, 2-2 two and two record, including a huge blowout win over the Broncos. And Baker's done a lot better, at least taking care of the football. He's got 703 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one interception, sacked 12 times. The Rams, you mentioned earlier, worst off, one of the worst offenses in the NFL, 31st, 27th in passing. Seahawks are 27th in total defense and 17th against a pass. So it'll be interesting, man. Baker's playing better football, but I think the Seahawks can get after him. It's kind of fitting end to the season because there's so much talk about Baker quarterbacking this football team, and I'm happy the Seahawks kept their face in uh, Geno Smith. Yeah, I don't like Hawks playing backups late in the season last year. That uh, <laughs> was uh, a bit us in the butt a little bit, but you know what? It's a new year. It's a new defense. Get after Baker Mayfield. Let's talk about our quarterback, man. Geno bounced back 
against the Raiders, man, after two tough games against the 49ers and the Chiefs. He was 18 to 29, 183, two touchdowns, and a QB rating of 103.1. He's one touchdown away from joining two of the greats here in Seattle, Dave Craig and Russell Wilson, um, as quarterbacks to have 30 touchdowns in the season, which is crazy. No expectations for Geno coming into the season. Now he's on the verge of breaking records and hard records. You don't just toss 30 touchdowns in a season, man. It's awesome to see. And he can have the record for the highest completion rate for a Seattle quarterback. He's leading the NFL, completing 70% of his passes. He's seventh in the league when it comes to tossing that ball around the yard, 4,069 yards. He's fourth with total touchdowns, 29, fifth in passer rating, and sixth in QBR. I remember that that 70% was a number that Pete Carroll always wanted Russell Wilson to hit, right? He said, I would love for Russell to complete 70% of his passes. It's crazy that Gino is on the verge of breaking the franchise record for yards, um, which was held by Russell Wilson, and then completing 70% of his passes, which Russell Wilson never did, man. He also has 29 touchdowns this year. He's had 28 touchdowns in four years with the Jets. This has to be one of the candidates for comeback player of the year. He's a pro bowler. He deserves all that stuff. He's going up against the number 17 defense in the league. So something tells me he needs, what, 151 yards to have that franchise record for most passing yards um, in franchise history. He should get it, right? Numbers say that he should get it, but we shall see. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, it'd be criminal if Geno's not comeback player of the year after what he's done and what they were the expectations were for him this season. I mean, you mentioned all the numbers. He's balled out. He threw for over 360 against them last time, so I agree with you. I think he's going to get that done. Now, the other match I want to look at, Cam Makers taking on the Seahawks front seven. Cam's had a crazy year. We documented it the first time we played them. Almost traded early in the year, inactive for two games because of differences with the coach. And now he's come on strong the last couple of weeks. He's ran for 123 yards on 19 carries this past Sunday, giving him back-to-back 100-yard games for the first time in his career. He also had a 42-yard run in the first quarter, which was the Rams' longest run of the season. I feel like Ken already has 64, 60-plus-yard runs. So that just kind of shows you how explosive their offense has been this year. And prior to the last two weeks, Akers only had 15 or more carries in two games, so they're really letting him run that rock. On the season, 167 carries, 682 yards, seven touchdowns. Despite that, the Rams are 29th in the NFL at rushing with 94 per yards per game. On the Seahawks side, we, it's well documented. They couldn't stop the run for a solid five weeks. They're giving about 200 yards on the ground. Last two weeks, they gave up 77 yards to the Chiefs, 75 yards to the Jets. It was the fifth time this year the Seahawks held an opponent under 100 yards. So they've clearly figured something out in the run game. Not enough to undo the damage done earlier in the year, so they're still 30th against the run. But I feel good about this matchup for the Seahawks. The Rams are running the ball. The one thing I hope is, you know, defensively, the Seahawks are a little bit more ready for their rushing attack. Sean McVay was very creative in the way they attacked the Seahawks in that first game because they were still able to run the ball in that first game, at least early on. So, you know, I think the Seahawks have figured some stuff out. Guys are playing well, so hopefully the Seahawks can, uh, you know, figure out how to replace Jordan Brooks and, and get him stopped. Thing that encourages me about Jordan Brooks not being out is I watched the film and Tanner Hughes did not play bad, but he yeah. played he played okay, man. So we'll see what happens there. But let's look at another matchup: Leonard Floyd versus Seahawks offensive line. The Rams have been struggling this year. A lot of it is because of Aaron Donald. He hasn't played most of the season. The last time these guys met, the Rams were with the tenth ranked offense in the league. But things have changed a little bit. But something that hasn't changed 
is that Leonard Floyd is still a baller, man. 53 tackles, excuse me, 53 tackles, eight sacks, nine TFLs. His eight sacks leads the team, and he's two and a half away from a career high. In six games against Seattle, Leonard Floyd has been tearing it up. Against the Hawks, he has 23 tackles, six sacks, six TFLs, nine quarterback hits. He was held in check that first time around, only registering a tackle and a QB hit. But we all know, like, Leonard Floyd got paid because of what he did against the Seahawks over the past few years. So there's something about that jersey that gets him going. You got to contain this guy. Yeah, man, Leonard Floyd's scary. Um, You asked Russell Wilson about that. He just gave this team fits over the years. So great job by the offensive line that first game. So hoping they can repeat that performance coming up. Then on our side, let's look at our running back, Ken Walker, taking on this Rams front seven and a special guy, number 54, for us, he's now 45, Bobby Wagner. Ken Walker is also coming off back-to-back 100-yard rushing games for the first time in his young career. 133 yards last week against New York and 107 against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Walker's just had a lot of opportunities, man. The last two weeks, carrying the ball 26 times in 23. It's only the second time all season that he's had consecutive games with 20 or more carries. So they're definitely giving him that rock. You know, um, 64 yards away from 1,000. 936, nine touchdowns on the season. So he's balling out. But bump on the other side, Bobby Wagner, you mentioned it earlier, had one of the best games of his career, you know, against the Seahawks in that first game. You know, he had seven tackles, two sacks, a pick. On the season, you look at the numbers, he's having one of his best years statistically. I'm not saying he's better now than he was then, but 133 tackles, six sacks, two INTs, five passes defended, nine TFL. So Bobby's playing well, man. You mentioned it earlier, his six sacks are career high. So there's going to be a lot of emotion. And But when he comes out of the tunnel, there's going to get a standing ovation. When he walks out for the coin toss, there's, fans are going to show him some love. And then once that game kicks off, they're going to be rooting for the team in blue. But uh, I expect him to get a huge ovation. And it's gonna, it means a lot to him. You said it. It means a lot. So I'm really looking forward to see how animated he's going to be on the sideline. Yeah, his legacy was built here. And people understand that. And it didn't end the way that both sides wanted it to end, but I don't think there's too much love lost, especially um, when he's coming back home. He wants to try to play upset. Once the ball is kicked, Bobby, I no longer have love for you for about an hour, <laughs> and then we're good to go. All right. Uh, next matchup, we got DK versus Jalen. Whenever these two link up, man, sit down, get comfortable. It's going to be a battle. The last time they linked up, DK won that battle. He had eight exceptions for 127 and caught the game winner on Jalen Ramsey. Nice little slant in the end zone. On the year, DK's having another solid season. 87 receptions, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. Now, these guys have met a few times. The last six times they met, um, these are the numbers. We got DK has had 78 yards, 28 yards, 59 yards, 96 yards and two touchdowns, 98 yards and two touchdowns, 52 yards, and most recently, 127 yards, one touchdown on eight targets. Now let's talk about Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners in the game, having a decent season, 83 tackles, two interceptions, five passes defended, three forced fumbles, four TFLs, and two sacks. The last six games against Seattle and DK Metcalf, he's had four tackles, two, one, one pass offended. Another game where three tackles, one pass offended. Another game, four tackles, one pass offended. Five tackles, two passes defended. And six tackles the last time they linked up on the fourth. No passes defended. DK's been the, the better of Jalen Ramsey as of late, but we know how this goes. He can still impact the game, even if he's not getting interceptions and passes defended. He's just that good of a player, but I like the matchup, especially with where DK is and his development as a pro right now. 
Yeah, and you know they're going to be talking, man. You know they're going to be talking. Oh. And and DK is coming off a game where he had one reception for three yards and it, his worst statistical game of the season. I believe he had another game early in his rookie season where he had one catch for six yards. But So DK is going to be ready to go. That's, that's for dang sure. And it's really tough, too, because, yes, Sauce is a great player and he played well last week. But it wasn't like they went up against each other 50 times and he locked him up every single time. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. DK would probably tell you, Bump, he probably should have caught that fade ball on the sideline. I believe that was in his hands. It was a tough catch, but I feel like he would tell you he should make that play. And then another time, a couple of balls were uncatchable. So I'm looking for him to have a huge game. A lot of people need to break some records. You know, Geno's got all that going on. And I, again, anytime, obviously, if Jalen Ramsey was on our team, I would love him. Just the player he is, the attitude, but he's not. So I'm riding with our guy, and, and I want DK to beat him. I want him to beat him multiple times, you know, and that's just what it is. But uh, should be should be a fun matchup. We've gone through all those matchups, but we're going to tell you how the Seahawks are going to get this done. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Take care of the ball, Bump. Last week was the first time all season the Seahawks didn't turn the ball over. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, wait, what? It doesn't feel like they were turning the ball over like crazy at the beginning of the year, but it's true. So keep the streak alive, Bump, on Sunday. Take care of that football. Yeah, man. Keep that streak going, making it two games in a row. And like every week, you just got to run it two weeks in a row, man. Ken Walker is looking healthier and healthier. If he can look like he did last week, I can see him going for over 100 again. And then just don't let the Rams hang around. Like the longer they're within striking distance, the the more confidence they get, the more loose they play, the more the start talk they start talking. That's their game. So run the football, man. Knock these guys out quick, fast start. Last week, I'll take a three play, what seventy five yard drive to open the game for show. Oh yeah, any day of the week. And man, shut down this Rams offense. The Rams have been, you know, last year and the last couple of years have been the greatest show on turf. Part two, you know, what I'm saying with Cooper Cup breaking every single record, Stafford slinging that thing, you had Jefferson, you had, you had Odell Beckham Jr. That's not what you're going to see on Sunday. You're going to see Baker Bayfield, you're going to see Van Jefferson, you're going to see Tutu Atwell, uh, Stronick. Those are not the same caliber guys, and the Seahawks need to shut down this offense and get after Baker. He has been able to make a lot of plays down the field this season. Let's not make this game be that first one. And then shut down K-Makers, man. Seahawks have found something in the run game. They need to continue to do be successful there. Akers is running with some confidence, back-to-back 100-yard games, and he, you know, he's running for his football life and proving to everyone that he should be the number one back. So that's going to be a tall task. You know, it's easier said than done, but that's what the Seahawks need to do to get this win. This is a playoff game. Go out, align, assign correctly, make the plays, beat the Rams, and then sit back and relax and see what happens. The only good thing about the Lions playing late is that the Hawks can sit back and be like, all right, let's see. Let, let's let's be a part of all the drama that's going to happen. Let's see how this unfolds and just hope that the football gods bless you and uh, they give you that push into the playoffs, man, because they've earned it. I know it's been a tough season, but no one expected even this from the Hawks. They put themselves in a good position. Yeah, man, it's going to be, you know, obviously we're assuming the Seahawks can get a victory. 
and we're going to be in that post-game show, and that game's going to be on. It's going to be hard to focus. I'm going to be locked in. We're about to be locked in. Come on, Detroit. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on, Dan Campbell. Bite them ankles. Bite them kneecaps. Do what you got to do. That's why they've been hitting all season. Looking forward to it. Remember, you can hear us anywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Series XM, and more. Seahawks taking on the Rams in the regular season finale. Hopefully, we will join you guys next week on Monday talking about not only a Seahawks victory, but hopefully getting ready for the NFL playoffs. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Chobi. We will talk to you next week.